is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Tom Gabbard, we continue the conversation on daily rituals. We also discuss the balance between letting things happen and making things happen. We cover immersive theater at the Blumenthal and how you shouldn't force it. He also touches on what's most important to him in life, leaving the world better than we found it and being hopeful for the future. So I hope you enjoy part two with Tom Gabbard. Daily rituals. You know, when you're running such a large organization and traveling and doing the things up here in New York, it's all over. How do you structure your day or what do you return to maybe daily as a ritual? I, um, I, 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 I really, you know, continue to try to be a sponge for information about what's going on and, and to the best of my ability uh, may sound crazy, but I try to carve out 90 minutes at the start of the day with some coffee uh, to read, uh, absorb, you know, everything that's out there in, in, in the news generally, but certainly in the arts, understand what's going on in trends. Uh, I, I really think you have to be a sponge, especially now when there's so much information to access. I mean, you have to be selective from these sources, but there's so much that's important for, for you to know as a decision maker. Mm. And, and, you know, things that may be pertinent at, at the moment, but things that, uh, you know, maybe a data point or, or something that you refer back to maybe just as a, for instance, uh, you know, something that, that ended up being transformative for us here at Blumenthal that we're leaning into now in the immersive world was during the pandemic, when we settled on doing immersive Van Gogh, only the fourth city in the US to do that back in the pandemic. Part of what was easy for me to make that decision when the opportunity presented itself was that years earlier in Paris, I'd been the Altair Lumiere to experience one of these digital art shows. And so when the opportunity came, uh, and, and by the way, I went to that show with no expectation of ever presenting anything like that. I went to it as a tastemaker to, to understand what that was. But when the opportunity presented itself, you know, I could look back and, and I was already familiar with it because I had done my homework. Mm. So I, I think particularly in our business, sometimes, you know, there are things that, uh, that you may not be able to act on right away, but because you've done your homework and you're, you're, you're aware of that artist, you're aware of that art form, you're aware of that show, whatever, um, you're, you're able to act on that because, because you do have that, uh, that understanding or, or that background. I, I do want to touch on this immersive theater for a moment. I, you know, I do think there's a, a couple futures <laughs> for theater. I think this immersive movement <laughs> is one of them. How, how are you viewing, you know, the future of storytelling and what we can really do with the technology that we have at our fingertips for live theater? We, we are leaning in, in a, in a very big way. And, um, you know, and 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 that was something that we came to through our good experience with Van Gogh. Where we had over three hundred thousand people come through the doors in less than seven months, and uh, and eighty percent of those that were actually new ticket buyers. Even though we've got a, a very diverse database, it was a reminder that as diverse as we are, and believing that we touched a lot of people that there were a lot of people that we'd, we'd missed. We hadn't found the right thing to activate them. 
So, so we're really leaning into this in a big way. It, it was really quite a transformative experience for me this summer when I went to Barcelona and saw Next to Normal. And when I saw that production and saw a room uh, that was, uh, you know, that we used in an entirely different way, a minimal amount of scenery, the actors in the middle of the room surrounded by, um, by the by the audience as well as the digital stuff, I realized, you know, that you could not only do a show like that, like next to normal, but you could do concerts and all sorts of things. Um, so we're, you know, we're looking to create a flex space where we can can pursue those kinds of things. It also represents just just in the theater niche, when you look at uh, how how work can be done in a variety of different ways so that they can have a live that may begin on Broadway, but it extends to a lot of different usages of, of that. I think it opens up an entirely new avenue for these shows. Uh, you know, Next to Normal deserved to start on Broadway, but to look that years later, that work is being explored in an entirely new way, that's a really good thing. And certainly for producers and creatives to realize that there's an, an additional opportunity to monetize it. You know, it's an additional way to exploit it. So, so we're, we're, we're very bullish about that. You know, like a lot of performing arts centers, we have resident groups that are traditional groups like symphony orchestras and opera companies. And, and, and many of those across the country have attendance that's, that's been on a steady decline pre pandemic, post pandemic, the decline has even sped up. It's an opportunity for us to hopefully refresh those groups and, and find new audiences so we don't we don't lose classical music, so we don't lose traditional opera because we're finding new ways to do it that will connect with new audiences. That's such a, another great point. I think you can take <laughs> art that may feel stale or dusty and really innovate it with stepping inside <laughs> essentially right i think that's you know and next to normal did very well but there's a lot of project entities that have done less successful work on broadway and i think if you could sit in the middle of them that can bring a lot of excitement to an audience member so i think so and and particularly you know with some of these things where the economics can be really difficult uh especially in a smaller environment there, there are real efficiencies that go with that uh you know, with Next to Normal in, in Barcelona, there essentially was a running crew of two people. Uh, somebody in, this, in the corner mixing the sound and another person backstage pushing buttons for the for QLab. Um, so so if the content is shared with a number of venues, then you could take a, take a show and, and do it in a smaller space for a smaller audience and, and have it make financial sense. Mm -hmm. so, so again, that's a, another way where particularly work that may be challenging to get out on the road i mean i, mean, I look, always look at this stuff from the vantage of the road mm -hmm. and so when you look at how you take something and make the economics work this i think opens up a really good opportunity for for some shows that need to be with a smaller audience they need to be in a smaller space uh and and doing it in this way may make them economically viable mm -hmm. How do you find the balance between letting things happen and making things happen? Boy, that is so hard to, to know when, when to push and when not to push. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, 
that's really hard. Um, I mean, I do think you, you, you do have to, to realize, especially in the arts, if, if, if you're mining new ideas and new approaches, that it is a grand experiment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So, you know, in, in our case, where we focus on being enablers, uh, it, it is a matter of, of doing our best to support people to, to execute on the idea, realizing that sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work and you just have to shed a tear or two and pick yourself up and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so subjective. <laughs> and, not, <laughs> and, and also a matter of timing too, you know, some, sometimes these things, uh, I, we, we, we were involved, uh, in co-producing the national tour of Frost Nixon which which almost didn't go out because the producers were Brits weren't comfortable with touring and then a few of us stepped in to 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 organize the tour and get it out that show was selling out in London in New York and then when we sent it out on tour in October of 2008 right on on the cusp of the election uh the public was you know entirely finished with politics didn't want to have anything to do with politics. So it was this fantastic production starring Stacey Keach um, that that had trouble selling tickets. Even the movie, you know, that had Academy Award nominations uh, couldn't couldn't sell enough tickets to pay its marketing budget, let alone its production budget. Mm. So it was a matter of timing, you know, yeah. and, and it's nothing that anybody did wrong. You know, yeah. it's just the public's appetite changed in a few months. Timing, timing in life is everything. <laughs> do you lose focus? And if so, how do you get back on track? Boy, I, I, yeah, I think, I think we all do. That's just be, because we're human. I, you know, one thing, and, and since I've been doing this for a while, uh, I, I think I do remind our younger staff frequently that to realize this is a marathon it's not a sprint, so you have to watch your energy. You have to pace yourself. You have to realize that if you're not getting rest, mm -hmm. then you're not going to make the best decisions possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in in the intensity of all of this, and we work in a in a business that has very intense moments, mm -hmm. you do have to realize, you know, that you have to do your best to, to pace yourself and get rest because your decision-making is, is not going to be as good if you, if you don't do that. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely a, it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. And I think, especially here in the city, you know, with the hustle and bustle of New York, people burn out. I mean, it's just happens, you know, right. you have to, you really have to, you know, keep your cool, not have too much coffee, not have too much alcohol, <laughs> just really <laughs> maintain an equilibrium. Um, uh, where do I want to go next? You know what? Yeah, we'll go there. Is there a common piece of incorrect advice that you hear in life or in theater? Oh, the well, certainly one that I talked to, to students about, we, you know, we have a very robust uh, internship program and, and lots of students that work in our organization have for years. I, I, I always, um, you know, to tell students, look, anybody who tells you, uh, you know, follow your passion, do, do, 
pursue a career you're passionate about. So they're giving you, you know, I think, frankly, very unhelpful advice because frequently, especially when you're early in your career, you don't necessarily know yet. Mm -hmm. And so, so I, you know, I've always advised them, just explore, try lots of different things. And ultimately your passion will find you. Mm. And that's where internships and getting out there and trying things, uh, you know, we find people in our internship program, we try to put them in three different departments. And frequently when they get to the end of it, the departments they thought they were gonna love the most, they end up not loving the most. And there's a surprise of something they did love right. that they didn't expect to. So I think putting yourself out there and and exploring uh, whether or not it's a career basis or even on a personal basis, exploring and experiencing things and then, you know, letting that passion find you, letting the things that resonate with you find you and not trying to force something. Uh, I think too often we try to force things to happen that may not be right for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of that comes back to the self-talk. Is this, should I be doing this? Is this a bad decision? Is this a good decision? You know? Right. It's a, yeah. Because if, yeah, when you force it, it most often does not work. So that's. Yeah. How, with all of these, I mean, and there are many, the achievements, how are you balancing your achievement versus fulfillment in your life? You know, I, 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 I've never been one that, that has, that has ever been really driven by the achievement piece and recognition. Uh, and so I think that's, that's part of it in some respects. I think I've, I've always been a, a little uncomfortable with that hmm. and, you know, for me, the the greatest pleasure in our business is just standing in the lobby at night and seeing people come through the doors full of excitement. I like to be on the a fly on the wall, yeah. and and just listen and watch and see that anticipation, excitement, and and realize the memories that are being created. And so, so yeah, I I, I think because I find so much pleasure in those quiet moments uh, of observation. And knowing that that my decisions and my effort is accomplishing good, that sense of satisfaction that is to me the strongest piece that, you know, it's not about the public recognition. It's knowing that I've had an impact on other lives and have made things better for other people. That's where the satisfaction is, Mm. at least for me. Yeah. You might have just answered this, but what is most important to you in life? I am. Yeah, I think for me, it's 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 knowing that I've done something even small uh, that has made made things better, you know, whether or not it's better in my relationships, better in my family, better in my community, better in my industry, knowing that my actions have, you know, have have at least attempted to make things better for people. That's for me where the real satisfaction lies. I love that answer. If particularly after COVID, I really started to focus on how can I leave the the world better than how I found it or a project or people right. or event, whatever. How can I contribute, leave it better and move on, you know, when it's time to go. <laughs> and that's, again, going back to, to students, that's, that's frequently our advice to them is, look, no matter where you find yourself, if you're focused on making things better, then 
there will be love and satisfaction and good things that accrue to you and hopefully even making some money at it. But if you focus really on how can I make things better than I found them, then good things will derive from that. Do you have any favorite books, most gifted books? Ooh, ooh. most gifted books. Um, oh, Boy, I mean, I'm a voracious reader to, to, to pick out to, to pick out one of them. Um, um, boy, that's a that's a hard one. I'm sorry, I'm blipping on that one. We could also circle back to it. I mean, the second we get off the call, you might have 15 that come to mind. Great <laughs> titles and authors. Now, um, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Uh, I mean, I, th I, 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 I think hopeful is probably is probably the the biggest one. You know that 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 I I believe in the future and I have hope for the future and I have hope for. Uh, accomplishing good things, hope, you know, hope for people. And so, yeah, I think I'm intrinsically a very hopeful person. Yeah, that's, I have it right here on my desk. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> you have to stay well positive. said. <laughs> this conversation yep. uh, has been very special. Thank you for diving so deep and taking the time. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add today? Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. People of the world, Tom Gabbard. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.